welcome to the 87th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How you doing, Roger? I'm great. I'm excited about our guests this week. Yeah, me too. So this week we're talking about the 12 gigahertz band, what it is and why should we care? And to do that, we have an esteemed group. We're talking with Jeff Blum, EVP of External Legislative Affairs at DISH, Chip Pickering, CEO of Encompass, an Internet and Competitive Network Association, and Andrew J. Schwartzman, Senior Counselor at the Benton Institute for Broadband and Society. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. Hi there. Hello. So to get us started, Jeff, can you give us the background on how the 12 gigahertz band has, has historically been used and how the situation has changed with 5G? Happy to, Don. Thanks for having us today. 12 gigahertz has been DISH's primary band for our satellite TV service since we launched in December of 1995, and DirecTV has used it as well. In the early 2000s, the FCC decided to auction off the terrestrial rights to the 12 gigahertz band. Uh, So think pre-iPhone, pre-3G, 4G, 5G. But the FCC did hold two auctions uh, in 2004 and 2005 for terrestrial rights in the band. But we were concerned, uh, as well as DirecTV, that terrestrial use would interfere with satellite operations. Uh, And so the rules that were put in place were very restrictive. Basically, one-way use with very low power. A lot has changed since 2005. And in 2016, with 5G on the horizon and all the cool technologies about antenna discrimination and beam forming, we took another look at it. And we hired top satellite terrestrial engineers to see whether coexistence in the band is possible. And the analysis that they did said, yes, we could have 5G use in the band while protecting satellite services. Four years of advocacy later, with significant support from uh, trade associations and the public interest groups, last January, January 2021, the FCC unanimously voted out an NPRM to consider updating the rules for 12 gigahertz to allow two-way 5G use while protecting satellite incumbents. And we are part of a coalition with 35 other members, fiber companies, ORAN providers, public interest, trade associations, all urging the FCC to unleash this band to further the public interest and allow it to be used for 5G. That is a a long time coming, right? (laughs) Indeed. Times have changed. And I think we all agree that we need more spectrum, without a doubt. And the spectrum pipeline is not very strong. And I think here we have a, a, a very good spectrum band that we could use very quickly. 12 gigahertz sounds very high, right? How does this work with both propagation and how does it work with, with in terms of interference? Yeah, good question, Roger. You know, we had experts look into this, and they described it as, as the Goldilocks of spectrum bands. So it's high mid-band spectrum, but it propagates much, much better than millimeter wave spectrum, so 24, 28. But it's also really fast because it's 500 megahertz of contiguous spectrum. 
So it, it doesn't propagate as well as you know three gigahertz, but much, much better than millimeter wave. So it's sort of the sweet spot, really fast, large bands that are optimal for 5G with far fewer towers or small cells than millimeter wave. And what sort of speeds are we talking about here in terms of how fast can you go? You know, obviously millimeter wave is extremely fast, but you mentioned the Goldilocks zone. What what sort of consumer facing speeds are we talking here? Yeah, I mean it depends on the deployment, but it you know comparable to to, to fiber speeds. If you're deploying you know 500 megahertz, there's not a lot of mid band spectrum with you know that amount of contiguous spectrum available. And you know we think the spectrum can be used for mobile as well as fixed wireless. You know, the the administration and Congress on a bipartisan basis spending a lot of money to close the digital divide and 12 gigahertz could really help for fixed wireless deployments given, you know, it's favorable propagation compared to millimeter wave and it's uh, higher speeds compared to typical, you know, wireless spectrum. Yeah, and Chip, you represent Incompass and, and I think like a whole coalition around 12 gig users. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. You know, this is a a very diverse, broad uh, coalition, over 35 members, but Encompass, our association alone, has over 80 member companies, many rural, regional, national fiber companies. As Jeff just mentioned, a lot of our fiber companies that are deploying to the home, to the business, and are seeing major infusions, both of public finance and, and private equity. Uh, want to be able, in many cases, to use fixed wireless to extend their networks or to more economically deploy. So, so they see 12 gigahertz as a great possible uh, opportunity to deploy, as Jeff was talking about, the Goldilocks and Spectrum. We also have satellite companies. We have small cell companies. We have wireless companies like DISH and C-Spire. And so the great opportunity here is at 500 megahertz. This is like the Texas of spectrum. It is the biggest band out there that is unencumbered. No federal users, no FAA, no Department of Defense, no no problems like we saw in the C-band and with the airline industry and the FAA. So it is unencumbered. It's a huge block. It complements every form of network deployment and technology that is now in the marketplace. And our coalition represents that deep diversity and the breadth. That's a little bit of insight into why Encompass is is one of the the lead advocates, uh, both in Washington and around the country, for the development of 12 gigahertz. And I think here, very important, it's about also about rural wireless, right? And closing the digital divide in in rural America. And I think you will have a lot of, a big audience on Capitol Hill because every senator is like a rural senator. Yeah, very much. And uh, I I am a recovering politician. I served in Congress for 12 years and spent a lot of time then trying to, to achieve rural broadband deployment and closing the digital divide. And this is a very exciting for a lot of rural members uh, to be able to have uh, an opportunity to, to make a, a material difference. And, and don't forget, Congress just passed the infrastructure bill, $42.5 billion toward the goal of broadband connectivity for every American in every place. 
this infusion of the largest block of unencumbered spectrum with all the propagation qualities and characteristics and efficient to deploy and the economics being superior to almost any other spectrum that we have out there. This is a, a convergence, a historic moment where you have the opportunity to combine a giant level of invet- public investment with an infusion of very, very good spectrum. So we, we don't need to miss this opportunity. Yeah, and, and Andy, usually the Benton Institute doesn't work that closely with, with companies together. At least that's my impression. Can you tell us a little bit more about the, the, the public interest part here? Well, actually, Roger, I I, uh, I beg to differ. I, we we work very closely uh, in coordination with various sectors of the industry. We've been on the same side of one issue or another with just about every sector of the various telecommunications and media industries over time. So, uh, no, we we work very collaboratively on on, on many of these things. There, our interest in uh, in the twelve gigahertz. And here I speak for Benton directly, but for much of the public interest community that's been involved in in telecom as well, obviously not every group, we have three basic interests. First of all, we always wanted to have spectrum used as efficiently as possible. We, We love unlicensed uses where that's available. We like opportunistic access to spectrum as in the 3.4 gigahertz CBRS kind of uses. And there may be some underlay possibilities here with the 12 gigahertz, but this is efficient just to reuse the spectrum that's coming down from the sky and using it levelly on, on a terrestrial is, is very attractive. Second, uh, we support competition and making the spectrum available powers competition in, in the 5G space, most notably, but not exclusively, DISH's plans of, of building a, a wireless network that will provide you know, very important competition, uh, lower prices and, and, and competition on technological side in the wireless space. And so that's very attractive. That's the third, ORAN, these are greenfield uh, installations. They're brand new and the licensees, DISH and the others are going to be using ORAN technology because that's what you do when you're starting out from scratch with no legacy uh, equipment issues. And that will not only be proof of concept for ORAN, but also the, the this will create a, a manufacturing base for it and, and lower the price of ORAN technology for everybody in the industry. So for those reasons, we find this a very attractive opportunity. Yeah, and we're here big fans of ORAN. It, it's really the next step on how to build wireless networks. And yeah, as you said, you know, if you build a wireless network now, you build it in, in ORAN. And it also helps, you know, we always get asked, I got like asked for, for at least the last five years, why is there no American 5G vendors available? And with ORAN, we have now seen so many American vendors delivering products, delivering technology and, and, and powering this. So it's, it's not only the right technology, Leap, but it's also a resurgent of American infrastructure providers on top of having here wireless service providers. And I, I think it's great that DISH is here entering the market with a, with a new network. And we're all excited about your 
coming out party on uh, in in early May, and uh, but I have one other question here because you know I, I look at it, you know the spectrum was traditionally used for 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 satellite, and now we're using it or we're planning to use it for wireless, which is a little bit like turning a pound of lead into a pound of gold. This is like true alchemy. With it, also, the, the, the value of the spectrum like becomes substantially higher. So how is this then also in the public interest? Yeah, great question, Roger. You know, we believe in science and data and engineering, and we've spent a lot of time after uh, the FCC issued the NPRM, hiring the best engineers to, to look at all of this, because we are the primary user of 12 gigahertz, serving millions of satellite folks throughout the country. We do not want interference into our satellite service. So we are an incumbent urging an update to 20-year-old rules to allow 5G because of the engineering. And we've run sophisticated Monte Carlo analysis to determine the likelihood of interference to satellite operations in the band, because NGSOs uh, like Starlink also want to use 12 gigahertz. And the data showed de minimis potential for interference. And the approach that we are taking as a, as a coalition that was recently endorsed by the DC circuit in the six gigahertz decision is the standard for sharing shouldn't be zero interference. If that was the standard, you would never have sharing. The standard should be harmful interference. And you shouldn't always only look at worst case scenarios. You should look at real world probabilistic Monte Carlo analysis to truly assess the impact of new innovative uses in a band. And based upon the data, we as a coalition feel confident that we could have a win-win-win where satellite is protected, you have new 5G services that advance the public interest, potential opportunities for opportunistic use in the band. Because to do nothing, to keep 20-year-old rules in place and not to take advantage of 500 megahertz of spectrum for 5G really would be a shame and would harm the public and would harm competition. Uh, and so it all comes down to the science. And that's what we're working with the FCC and other stakeholders on finding a way to yes. Yeah, no, we, we need to use our spectrum in this country more effectively. And so I completely agree with you. And I'm, I'm looking forward to more spectrum, you know, things that are identified, more things that are not identified. And 12 gigahertz is clearly one of those prime examples of spectrum that that we could use that we could put to use very quickly excellent thank you gentlemen so much for coming on the podcast thank you very much thanks for having me. we enjoy have a great day thank you all right we'll talk to you next week roger <laughs>